Today's read, Akata Witch, written by Nnedi Okorafor, Chapter 15, Hold Your Breath. How am I supposed to go back home after a day like this, Sunny asked. Regular life is going to seem so boring. She and Titi were in the bathroom. Since there were no showers at the festival, she'd done the best she could with a wet washcloth, then sprayed herself with perfume she'd bought with some of the chitim she'd earned at the soccer game kickoff. She looked at her new braids in the mirror. Chichi had taken her to a hair stall right after the game, where the stylist had used skill and juju to speed wash, then braid Sunny's hair. The tiny, neat braids framed her face and fell just above her shoulders. Chichi laughed. The night is still young, though. What's this social thing anyway? Is there any way we can skip it? I'm exhausted. Nah, we have to wait for Anatov to get out of that meeting anyway. Outside, it was early evening and a nice cool breeze was blowing. Sasha and Olu sat waiting on a nearby bench. Sasha was smoking a cigarette. Man, what were you all doing in there, he asked. He threw down his cigarette butt and ground it with his sandal. He's lucky he can run on the field without wheezing like an old man smoking those things, Sunny thought. Olu, do you know who we give these uniforms back to, she asked. Keep it. You're on the green team if you want to play next year. Excellent, Sasha said. I'm in. Me too, she said. The social had already begun by the time they got there. It was in a tent beside the field. Inside, bass-heavy dance music blasted. Two older students stood at the entrance. Welcome, one said. She looked them up and down. Who's your teacher? Anatov, the other said. He pointed at Sasha and her. At least those two. They're the football players from the green team. Oh, she said, recognizing Sunny. You were great. I always wanted to play, but I didn't know I could. At least the girls who come after you will know now. Sunny was delighted. She hadn't even thought of that. The boy chuckled. They'll have to play as well as her, or they shouldn't bother. Sunny frowned. Why should girls be held to a higher standard to play? Anatov's our teacher too, Chichi said, looking a little annoyed. All right, he said, go on in and enjoy the food. No teachers are allowed, so you can relax. He handed them each a small white towel. You'll need these. The air inside the tent was humid and smelled like rich soil, heavily scented flowers and leaves. Vines with tiny purple glowing round flowers hung from the ceiling. There were small bushes and trees lining the walls and a large one in the middle. Sunny watched, open-mouthed, as the central tree lifted up on its roots and slowly rotated to the loud music. Beneath the tree, students danced. On the far side of the tent was a buffet. It started raining and thundering, and all the people on the dance floor raised their hands and shouted, Hey! Oh, this is wild, Sasha said, wiping his face. 
Let's get some food, Olu said, making for the buffet. I'm starving. The rain soon stopped, but the air was so humid that their clothes were soaked. Several people recognized Sasha and Sunny and told them that they'd played a great game. Godwin, who was surrounded by girls, waved hello as they passed. Sasha slapped and grasped his hand. He, he greeted the girls, and they all twittered and grinned. Ugh, sometimes I'm embarrassed to be a female, Sunny thought. Girls always glom onto the athletes, Chi-Chi said as Sasha blabbed with Godwin. Sunny only gave Godwin a brief smile on their way to the buffet. There was igusi soup and gari, fried plantain, pepper soup, red stew and rice, roasted goat meat, and a bunch of dishes Sunny didn't recognize. Not a bad selection at all. Sasha rejoined them as they were sitting down. If they really want to represent, they should add some cornbread, fried chicken, and collard greens, Sasha said. But, oh, I forgot, this is the West African Festival, as if African Americans ain't West African. Maybe some KFC, Sonny suggested, laughing. Better yet, Popeye, Sasha said, or Harold's. What's this yellow rice thing, Olu asked. Isn't it Ethiopian or something? It's delicious. Nice game. They all looked up. The boy who'd spoken was carrying a plate heavy with fufu and a large bowl of soup. Three of his friends stood behind him. Uh, thanks, Sunny said. It was Yao, the one who'd mocked Sasha's name. Sasha sucked his teeth and looked away. Chi-Chi, Yao said. You look nice tonight. Too bad it won't help. You never know when to hide, Chi-Chi said. You think I'd hide from you, Yao said, trying to sound condescending. He only succeeded in looking stupid. It was painfully obvious that he liked Chi-Chi. You want me to embarrass you again? You must be one of those guys who enjoy humiliation. Whenever you're ready, Yao said, gritting his teeth. Why don't you sit down and fill your stomach first, Chi-Chi said loftily. Maybe have a dance or two. Enjoy it while it lasts. Then we'll see. Yao narrowed his eyes. Come on, you guys. They walked away. What's the deal with you two? Sunny asked Chi-Chi. Wahala, Olu said. Trouble. Childish trouble. Yao and I hate each other, Chi-Chi declared. Sunny scoffed. How stupid did Chi-Chi think she was? But I'm smarter, Chi-Chi continued. I showed him last year, but he won't listen, so I have to show him again. What is it with leopard people and competition? But Sunny wasn't one to talk. Only two hours ago, she'd been high on adrenaline herself. see that look in your eye, Chi-Chi, Olu said. I hope you're not planning anything dangerous. I wish I was back at the hotel sleeping, Sunny said. She shoveled jollof rice into her mouth. After they finished, they sat back, sipping milky tea and patting their full stomachs. The music was louder and more people were dancing. Oh, come on, Olu grumbled as Yao approached again. 
Didn't I tell you? Chi-Chi started to say. Want to dance? Yao asked, holding on a hand. No, Sasha said, looking very annoyed. She doesn't. Yao glared at him. Did I ask you? He looked at Chi-Chi, waiting for an answer. All right, Chi-Chi said, getting up. Let's go. Sasha scowled as Chi-Chi walked, hand in hand, with Yao to the rotating tree. Then he turned and waved at Agaja and Usman, who were standing with a group of older boys and girls. They waved back, motioning him to come over. I'll see you guys later, Sasha said, getting up. Sunny took a gulp of her tea and looked at Orlu. Wanna dance? The words were out before she'd really thought about them. She felt her face grow hot. Orlu half smiled and looked at the dance floor. That tree looks dangerous. I know, (laughs) she said laughing louder than she meant to. There was a long pause. All right, he finally said, putting down his cup. Come on. As they walked toward the dancing, jumping, laughing, wiggling students, Sunny remembered how tired she was. She'd always liked dancing, making it a point to hit the floor at all the parties her parents took her to, but right now her legs were sore. She was worn out, and it was so hot and humid. The moment they got near the tree, the music grew louder and she jumped. Then she smiled. She could feel her spirit face just behind her face, rejoicing. After that, she was in the zone, shaking her hips, throwing her arms in the air, shuffling her feet and sweating like everyone else. Olu wasn't bad either. Chi-Chi saw them and dragged Yao over. For that hour and a half, they were all joyous. As it grew late, the tree switched to slower music. Not couples music, but cool-down music. The social was almost over. People were starting to leave. There was a notebook at the entrance for people to write their contact information so everyone could keep in touch. Chichi had scoffed and said this was a useless practice. In most African countries, it was hard to keep in touch with people from far away, even with email. In the leopard community, it apparently wasn't much different. Only the scholars know how to communicate easily across large expanses of space, Olu said, as they returned to their cold cups of tea. Them and people born with the ability, Chichi added. You're done with Yao, right? Olu quickly asked. Where's Sasha? Sunny asked. They looked around. There he is, Chi-Chi said, narrowing her eyes. He was surrounded by at least five girls. I thought you said he was hanging with your teammates. Chi-Chi said. He was, Sunny said. Chi-Chi stormed over to him. Olu and Sunny laughed. Sasha and Chi-Chi were always so dramatic. As Chi-Chi was going towards Sasha, Yao met up with Ibu, the soccer player. They spoke for a moment. Then they started toward Chi-Chi. Olu's smile dropped away. Oh no, trouble. Come on. Alu said, taking Sunny's hand. Chi-Chi called Sasha's name. 
The girls stepped aside as she approached. Yao calls Chi-Chi. She turned around. Sasha pushed past a particularly eager girl trying to press herself against him. So, what do you have? Yao was saying to Chi-Chi by the time Sunny and Olu got to the mall. Ibu stood quietly beside Yao. What do you have? Chi-Chi asked. Yao took out his juju knife. It looked like it was made of pure, smooth gold. The tip was curved. He cut the air in a complex series of motions and caught something. He blew it at Chi-Chi. A heavy wind pushed her back several steps. When it stopped, everyone gasped. Chi-Chi's bright green rapa and top were now metallic gold. Then the dress started growing much tighter around the chest, pushing up her bosom. Ibu's eyebrows rose and then he laughed loudly. Ah, uh-uh, that was a good one, he said, slapping Yao's hand. Should have made it even tighter in the backside, too. Yao and Ibu laughed even harder. The girls, who'd been hovering around Sasha, all went, ooh, and then clapped. How pretty, one girl said, feeling the material of Chi-Chi's sleeve. Chi-Chi snatched her arm away. Oh, please, she said, petty juju. Notice which of us is impressed and which of us is not. Several of the girls sucked their teeth, one of them grumbling. Look at this girl. Might as well be a man if she can't appreciate that material. Chi-Chi brought out her knife. By this time, Sasha had stepped forward. He put his arm around Chi-Chi's shoulder and looked with amused eyes at Yao and Ibu. Yao, you're an idiot, he said dismissively, and Ibu. First, you're bested on the soccer field by one of my classmates, and now your best friend's gonna be bested by another of my classmates. You're inferior. You forgot, Ibu said. Your team lost only because you choose the oldest players, Godwin said from the gathering crowd. The game is supposed to be about brains and brawn, not just brawn. Yao, who had been looking at Chi-Chi the entire time, said, You won't best me this year. Careful, Olu whispered to Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi slashed in a square and then spoke something in epic. When nothing happened, Yao grinned and said, I guess it didn't work. You're losing your touch. Maybe her dress is too tight, Ibu said. Several people laughed. Chi-Chi frowned, close to tears. She looked down. I guess you're right, Chi-Chi said quietly. She looked up and slowly held her hand up and whispered, You win. Obviously, Yao said, looking more triumphant than ever. He brought his hand up to shake hers. A third of the way there, it hit something. He gasped, his eyes growing wide. He banged on the invisible barrier with his fists. See, Chi-Chi said, laughing hard, you can't even touch me. Yao cursed and banged on the barrier. Then he turned to the side and found that there was a barrier there too. She'd literally boxed him in. Take it off, Yao said in a panic. Take it off. Ibu tentatively knocked at it. 
and then reached around to make sure he wasn't enclosed too. This made Chi-Chi grin wider. Nice, Sasha said. I know, she said. She lazily raised her knife and made another square. This time, she did, she did it in the opposite direction, and the words she spoke were different. Yao's hand instantly went through the air, the barrier gone. How did you? As if I tell you. That's third level juju, Ibu said. We're not allowed. I obviously have full control of it, she said. It's easy for me, but you wouldn't possibly understand what that's like. She lifted her chin, looking at the people behind Ibu and Yao. Anyone else? Chi-Chi said loudly. I don't care how old you are. No one stepped up. I'm not finished, Yao angrily said. Yes, you are. You don't have anything stronger than what I just did. How do you know? She paused, cocking her head. How about this, she slowly said. I call up a masquerade and you never challenge me again. Chichi, enough, Olu said. You always go too far. What are you taking it there for? Olu, relax, Chichi said. I've wanted to try this. She turned to Yao. Notice how I said try. You're no match for me, so I might as well challenge myself, eh? Why not kill two birds with one stone? Be done with you once and for all, and do something I've never done. Yao and Ibu looked worried. In a slow but shaky voice, Yao said, You don't even know how we do, Sasha said. Oh, what is wrong with you two, Olu said, throwing his hands up. You think I don't know where you got the juju? That book was trouble the minute you saw it, Sasha. I've done it already, Sasha said. A loud murmur flew through the room. Do it then, someone said. Yeah, I want to see, someone else added. I hear that you can die if you fail. Do it. What do you mean you've done it, Olu asked. Then something dawned on him. Sasha smiled. Yeah, it was that day at your house. Olu was silent. Yao and Ibu whispered to each other, and when they stopped, they didn't look so terrified. Okay, I accept, Yao said. Do it, but you have to do it, not him. Who do you think showed him how, Chi-Chi said mysteriously. And if you didn't know, my mother is a third leveler. I come from thick spiritual blood. Yao and Ibu's smiles faltered. Sunny glanced at Olu, wondering if she should grab his hand and get them both out of there. Even she knew a masquerade was bad news, and there was no stopping Sasha and Chi-Chi combined. What of your father, a girl behind her said. I hear he's lamb. Your spirit blood can't be that thick. Chi-Chi glared at the girl. Don't you worry about my father, Chi-Chi said. I certainly don't. Chi-Chi, don't do this, Olu said. Masquerades are hard to control even when they're successfully called. They can force their freedom. But Chi-Chi had already sat down. I have it all in my head, she softly said. 
she started drawing in the dirt with her knife. Oh, God damn it, Olu angrily whispered to Sunny. I want to just kick her. Do you know how bad this is? Even before becoming a leopard person, Sunny knew about masquerades. They were supposedly spirits of the dead or just spirits in general who for various reasons came to the physical world through termite mounds during weddings, birth celebrations, funerals and festivals. People dressed as them and pretended to be them. That was the key word, pretend. But in the leopard world, they were real. Chi-Chi, she said. Maybe you should back off, Chi-Chi said, still drawing. I know what I am doing. Of course you do, Olu said, until you get us all killed. Didn't you hear? We've done it before, Sasha said. Chill. The entire tent was quiet as everyone watched. For the first time that night, Sunny wished some figures of authority were allowed to keep an eye on things. Are you sure you won't get sent to the Abuja Leopard Council? Sunny asked loudly. Do you see any goddamn lambs around? Chi-Chi snapped. The design she was drawing looked like a giant circle with lines radiating around it and into it. She quickly made a cross in the center and then sat back looking at her work. She stood up and began chanting something in ethic as she cut the air with her knife. Look, Sunny said to Olu. People started to whisper to each other. Many either stepped back or ran out of the tent, especially when the dirt in the center of the drawing began to churn up into a small mound. A minute passed. The mound grew taller and taller. It looked like the beginning of a termite mound. The places through which masquerades were believed to enter the physical world. It reached about six feet before it stopped. Termites emerged from tiny holes throughout the hill. The winged ones immediately took to the air. Sunny swatted at one that landed on her arm. This juju charm, Chi-Chi said dramatically, is straight from Udide's Book of Shadows. Several of the remaining people gasped. More turned and ran out of the tent. Udide's Book of Shadows? Yao almost shouted. Now he looked highly alarmed. Ibu must have fled because Sunny didn't see him anywhere. You're crazy. Do you know what you've just invited? Udide respects the intelligent, the creative, and the brave, Chi-Chi said, turning back to the termite mound. Only friendship kept Sunny from running, especially after the wailing started. It was a high-pitched, wavery sort of ghostly noise, like the ululations of women from the Middle East. Then the trademark started. 
the sound of tiny drums. A playful flute wove in and out of the wailing and drumming. Then there came the tooth vibrating doom, doom of a deep-barreled talking drum. Sonny, if you value your life, do not run, Olu warned. The mound was caving in at the center. They all stepped back as a wooden knob rose from it. It was attached to the top of a large tuft of thick raffia. Then the termite mound expanded. They backed away some more. The creature's body was large and bulbous, covered with beautiful blue shiny cloth. Cowrie shells and blue and white beads hung from pieces of blue yarn. They clicked and clacked as the masquerade grew. When it reached over 15 feet high, it stopped. The drum beat and the flute reached a crescendo. The large tuft of raffia at the top fell away, revealing a four-faced head. Students called for Allah, Legba, Chukwa, Chukwu, Jesus, Mao, Ga, Chinike, Oya, Ani, Asaseya, Alat, and many other deities to protect them. Sunny moaned and pressed close to Olu, who was cursing under his breath. Chichi seemed to be in a trance, Sasha watching wordlessly behind her. The masquerade faces looked around at them. The expressions animated. The smiling face grinned. The angry face scowled. The surprised face looked more and more shocked. And the curious face looked very, very inquisitive. The knob at the top grazed the tense ceiling. Then the wooden mask fell away. Olu and Sunny dodged the falling pieces. On the other side, a student beside Yao shouted in pain as one hit her on the shoulder. Oh my god, Sunny screeched. Olu grabbed her arm. Underneath the mask was a huge, undulating mass of red termites, wasps, bees, mosquitoes, flies, and ants. It wasn't raffia and palm fronds that stuffed the masquerade's blue cloth-covered body. It was stinging insects. People started screaming, and the masquerade began to dance, a cloud of insects rising around it. Everyone, get down right now, Orlu shouted. Right now, right now. But people were too panicked. They were running amok. Orlu shoved Sunny to the ground. Something stung her arm. Stay down, he said. Then he shouted, Chichi, Sasha, down. It's going to happen any minute. The masquerade danced, whirling and whirling, faster and faster. It whipped thousands of insects to the rhythm and speed of the drums and flute, laughing its shrill, womanly laugh and buzzing its insectile buzz. Orlu dropped down beside Sunny and said, hold your breath. As soon as she did so, the buzzing grew a thousand times louder. 
insects blasted in all directions. The blue cloth collapsed empty. Sunny was buried in thousands of ants and bees and wasps smacked into her and flew around her head. She screamed and cried along with everyone else. Death by stinging. It could happen. A boy in her town had been killed by a swarm of angry wasps when he tried to knock down a hive behind his house. We're all going to die here, she thought, curling herself tighter. She felt two more stings on her legs and wondered what her parents and brothers would think when she was returned home, all swollen and red and dead. I should have stayed home, she thought. This is what I get for lying. She felt Olu start to get up. What are you doing? She screamed, pulling him back down. Something stung her arm. He pulled away and got up again. She shielded her eyes and looked at him. Olu seemed far from himself, calm and unafraid. He was holding out his hands and bringing them in. Holding out his hands and bringing them in. Each time he did this, more insects piled themselves under the masquerade's cloth. Go home, he coaxed in Igbo. She could hear his voice through the screaming and buzzing. You've seen, you have stung, you have terrified. Now, go home. Soon Orlu had made the masquerade gather itself completely, and there it stood. It pointed at Chichi, who was looking up from her crouched position. It spoke something in what Sunny assumed to be epic. Then it slowly descended back into its termite mound, and the mound descended back into the earth. Is everyone all right? Olu asked. They walked briskly to the festival entrance. It was a quarter past eleven. They were late. Don't, Olu said, walking fast. I hate false apologies. I'm not apologizing, Chi-Chi said, almost running to keep up with him. I'm just thanking you. Shut up, Olu snapped. Don't be such a tight ass, Sasha said, rubbing one of his mini stings. Olu stopped abruptly. Sunny ran into his back. She didn't want to talk about any of it. She just wanted to find Anatov, go back to the hotel, check her skin for, for stingers she'd missed, rub her entire body with calamine lotion, and go to sleep. Do you have any idea what could have happened, Olu shouted. Everyone knows how brilliant you are. I guess you needed to show how stupid you are, too. No one was really hurt, though, Chi-Chi pointed out. Everyone will just use some healing hands powder to get rid of the stings. Not because of you. Hey, I knew you were there, she said. You think I didn't consider that? You always make a mess, assuming I'll clean it up, Olu said. Why don't you try to learn something? Why don't you learn some undoing jujus yourself? Because you were born with the Chi-Chi snapped. You can always save the day. Olu looked disgusted. Don't make this about me. People could have died because of you. You called up Mumo Aku. If it had decided to start really stinging, ah, oh, don't you read up on things before calling on them? He took a deep breath. And what did it say to you? Chi-Chi opened her mouth, but then just stubbornly looked away. It's my business, she mumbled. 
Let me guess, Olu said sarcastically. The damn thing said thank you before it went back. Sorry, Titi said quietly. I said I don't want your apologies, Olu shouted, walking off. Anatov looked angry but very tired when they got to the entrance. About 50 other people were also waiting for the funky train. You're lucky it's late, he said. Otherwise, I'd have left it to y'all to find your way to the hotel. They apologized. He yawned and waved a hand at them. So, I hear you four have made a name for yourselves this year. They all looked at their feet. How many chitim fell when it was over? Seven coppers, Olu mumbled. We could have gotten people killed and we got paid for it. As a group, you made a mistake and you learned you could also write it, Anatov said. Get on the bus. Sasha, you're an idiot. Sasha looked surprised and then looked at his hands. Disgusted, Anatov continued. Olu's mother told me right away about all the noise that night and how the house felt as if it were underwater. Obviously, you called Momomiri, and she is not like that small one you called back in the States. Momomiri is a water masquerade that only an experienced third leveler has any business calling. You could have all drowned in that house. Do you have some sort of death wish? He didn't wait for an answer. Olu's mother and I agree that you'd survived an episode of stupidity and probably wouldn't make the mistake again. You proved us both wrong tonight, Sasha. Anatov leaned towards Sasha. I will have you caned by the strongest man in Nigeria if you pull something like this again. Understood? Sasha nodded. I will let you keep that book. But I expect you to act like you have some brains. He turned to Chi-Chi. And you are to report to the council with me first thing when we get home. The trip home was nothing like the trip there. Chi-Chi barely spoke a word, nor did Olu. Sasha and Sunny chatted briefly with Godwin before he took his seat. I couldn't sleep last night, Godwin said. Me neither, Sonny said. I slept well, Sasha said, smiling brightly. Sonny could tell he was lying. There were bags under Sasha's eyes. You fool? Everyone's talking about you, Godwin said. No one seen Juju like that performed and then stopped by students so young. And of course, people are still talking about your fast feet, Sonny. And your fast mouth, Sasha. Do people hate us, she asked. Godwin laughed and shook his head. <laughs> this festival will be talked about for years, man. <laughs>